Welcome to the Race Car Showroom Podcast, where we appreciate race cars and their driving personalities and sponsors. I'm Jacob Harbor, and I hope you enjoy today's conversation. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to episode number one of the Race Car Showroom. I'm Jacob Harbor, and I am happy to have Justin Fontaine here today as guest number one. Justin, how are you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Absolutely. We'll talk about it a little bit uh, later, but I appreciate you taking some time out of your schoolwork um, to be here with us. I've been doing the same thing as well. So it's a busy time for us students, but uh, we still have to have fun. That's right. That's right. This is a good, uh, good reprieve from learning about civil procedure for sure. Well, that's exactly right. A nice brain break. So, uh, Justin Fontaine, uh, ARCA driver, truck series driver, you've raced several different things, but just to get us started, like, where are you from? How'd you get going? Just kind of give us a crash course to how you got started into racing. Yes. I'm from Asheville, North Carolina, originally, um, got in, got interested in racing kind of randomly. We were at home one night and the, um, I think it was the 2005 Bristol night race was on and just kind of stumbled into it and really fell in love with it then. And took about two years of begging my dad for a go-kart and he, he finally, uh, broke down and, uh, let me do that. We did it kind of as a hobby initially. And then he saw that I was really serious about it and, um, ended up doing some mini cup racing over at uh, Newport Speedway and then uh, some four cylinder racing there as well. Uh, moved over to Kingsport Speedway to do late model stock, uh, stock car stuff. And then um, did that for three years uh, and 2016 got picked up uh, by Eric McClure and uh, Hal Martin. They had started a Canon team or it's uh, I guess Arca East now. Um, and, uh, they asked me to come drive a few races for them. So I did four races with them and then, uh, just cold called, uh, Kevin Sawinski over at Wintron. And that led to the Arca deal, uh, in 2017, which, uh, snowballed into the truck deal in 2018. And then, uh, at the end of 2018, decided to hang it up and go do go do some other stuff. Right. So, you know, you talk about uh, you go from seeing a race on in 2005 and then you go to the go-karts, late model stock, all these different steps. How does it feel like when you make a truck series start, when you know, like, I've made it to one of the top three series here? How did how does it feel when you know that sacrifice has paid off? That was really surreal. It, it was, um, it, so my first truck start was 2016 at Martinsville with uh, AM Racing. And um, it happened so fast um, from the time, like I, I met the owner of that team for coffee and just, we sat down and I asked him kind of about what he was doing. And, um, it, it, I mean, literally within like two or three weeks, we were building the Martinsville truck to go, um, to go race. And it was hard. I think in the moment it was hard to really appreciate what was happening, but in hindsight, it just, you know, you, the, the trucks and you only get 36 guys that get to do it. And then back then it was 32, um, and how fortunate I was just to be at the right spot at the right time, um, to get that opportunity. I mean, if that, if that had been the one start I got to make in truck, I would have done more than I ever would have expected, uh, out of this. So I was very, very excited to be a part of it. So, you know, you just mentioned that back then there was 32 trucks in the field. Now there's 36. Um, the elephant in the room here is it takes sponsors to race at that level. So how did you come about uh, finding your sponsorship when you were driving pretty heavy? Like, did you have some family deals? Were you cold calling? Did you have an agency? Tell us a little about that. 
so kind of all of the above except the agency part. I, I was, uh, I think if I could go back and do everything again, I probably would have done that differently and had, had some sort of third party agency working with me. But at that time I, I was, I was naive and didn't, didn't know how that works. So I didn't have one. So I was fortunate that I had a lot of family support. My dad was very involved in my racing. Um, and, uh, so we had a connection to Promatic Automation, which was my kind of anchor partner, um, for all of my professional stuff. Uh, was very, very fortunate to get to work with them. Uh, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of cold calling. I, I've probably been, I've probably heard the word no more times than, than I <laughs> ever like to hear again when it comes to sponsor hunting. It's, it, that is, it's, it's hard, you know, uh, you're kind of just, throwing a shot in the dark and you know seeing who who might be interested and you know you you really you have to hand it to guys like vargas or um uh, ellis who who can do that so religiously and effectively uh and and put sponsorships together to go racing but um you know again i was i was really lucky to have some family support and and uh, superior essex uh uh down out of uh, atlanta georgia they they helped a little bit but it was um it was tough for sure. That was, that was probably the hardest part of the whole thing. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned Promatic, Superior Essex, uh, some of those. Do you have any other like sponsorship deals or certain paint schemes that stand out to you as maybe a favorite? The, the black Promatic truck was, was pretty cool. I, I, when we switched over to the black truck for like the last like third of the season in 2018, I, I always thought that truck was so cool. But um, the, I think my favorite scheme of all of the ones I've run was in 2014 we ran a late model uh, it was my first late model season and my family was uh behind my dad and his family started uh, an auto parts chain called discount auto parts years ago and um, they actually used to be pretty heavily involved in in racing sponsorships back then they, they sponsored i think the arca daytona race uh way way back when and uh so me and my guys got together and my dad didn't know about it, uh, but we came up with a discount auto parts, I guess a throwback scheme, if you will, uh, that we ran that year. Awesome. And it was, that was probably my favorite one. Cause it was, it had some sentimental value to it, but it just, it looked cool as well. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the, the Promatic truck I thought was, was simple, but really good looking. Uh, the discount auto parts car looked cool. Um, but I, I'm, you know, I'm biased. So I think all the ones I've driven have been pretty cool. Absolutely. So we've talked about the cars and the sponsors. How about tracks? Is there a certain track that you had circled, like we're going to have a good chance here or just a, a track that you like the area uh, that it was in, just an overall favorite track that stands out? Yeah, it's a shame because it's, it's pretty much dead and gone now. I love Chicago. I really love Chicago. I was, I was pretty good there. We ran, we were running really, really well in Arca there until I had a right front blow up uh, like halfway through the race. And then we ran pretty well in the truck there. My, that was my third truck start was was Chicago. Um, ran pretty well there in the in 2018. I I really liked Iowa as well. Iowa was fun. Um, I think my all time favorite, and it's not because of the area, because I'm not actually a big fan of the area, was Las Vegas. Uh, I I I have an affinity for mile and a halfs anyway as a driver, but I love that place. That was that it was just wide open. Uh, the the trucks have so much downforce and side force at those kinds of tracks. It was just it was awesome. I love that place. Awesome. So, you know, we're talking about favorite tracks, ones that you, you know, knew you had a good chance, but you know, there's also places you go to, especially for the first time where, you know, you have to maybe learn from some guys, uh, people like Matt Crafton stand out to me, uh, veterans in that series, who was somebody in the truck series that was good for you to lean on for advice or could help you 
uh, or coach you through those moments, if you will? Well, Matt was Matt was pretty involved with rookies in general. He did a lot of the um, we had the, every weekend. I'm sure they still do this now. They would have like a rookie drivers meeting at the beginning of every weekend, and he usually was the veteran that they would bring in to come talk to us and tell us how to get around the place. Um, so I always appreciated that about him that he cared enough to help the rookies out. But um, we were really lucky uh, that in my my year at Nice Motorsports, Ross Chastain came in and drove a few races for us. And we, he, we didn't talk a lot about like getting around places, but he was just a good guy to lean on generally. Um, I loved my conversations with him. I think the world of Ross. Um, I, I was watching Talladega. I don't think he won, but uh, I, uh, I really... I was a big Ross guy when, when he was with us, but uh, yeah, no, I tried to I tried to ask those guys questions as much as I could. Probably didn't ask enough, um, but no, those they were all really helpful. There were several weekends uh, where you would run an ARCA race and a truck race on the same weekend. How is that? Like you you're in an ARCA car one night, and then the next day you get in a truck. Is there a lot of differences there? Do you have to kind of erase some old habits from the first night, or how does that work? They they were they were tremendously different. Uh, like you look at Chicago as an as an example again. Um, you know the trucks you could pretty much with little with very little exception go wide open around that place. I think I mean you pretty much had to. Uh, in the Arca car you definitely could not. Um, but just for me, getting the seat time was was the most important thing. Getting an getting an idea of what these tracks drove like and felt like and and all of that, that was the, the biggest part. Um, and I, I think that honestly, if you're gonna be a well-rounded race car driver, I think getting into different cars and different vehicles back to back like that, it helps you hone your craft a lot more. Um, but no, it, there, were, there was a lot more, a, a lot of differences for sure. The, the, the ARC cars don't have the nearly as much downforce or side force as the trucks did. So you were having to brake, you were having to you know, you were having to get off the throttle a lot in the trucks. I mean, you were you were just blowing and going the whole time. It was it was a lot more fun to drive. But um, yeah, there's there's a huge difference for sure. Gotcha. So you're balancing an ARCA career, a truck career, uh, focusing on your racing, and then I'm thinking, help me if I did didn't do my research correct here. Around 2018, you're starting up a political career as well while you're racing. How did you go about balancing those two things? Well, um, politics started it did so i started working for a congressman as a in, a in a really limited capacity right at the end of my 2018 season it was uh, i knew i was getting out of racing already um i had a connection with the congressman that i was working with and i just did like some little volunteer stuff for him um most of that happened after i got out but uh the biggest thing that i was balancing was was probably school um i was i was at in college at uncc i think that's like the predominant college if you're going to be a race car driver you go to uncc you got everybody goes there if they're drivers um but uh, that was the biggest thing i balanced but i did i did do, dabble in politics while i was racing so that leads me to my next question so you were dabbling in politics did you ever want to run for office oh yeah the no the uh, so the in my mind i had it all worked out when i got to college i was going to race for 10 years and then i was going to run for something so obviously I didn't end up racing for 10 years that, that got abbreviated by about nine years. Um, so I, I decided to go ahead and jump into politics sooner. And so I, I went straight out of the car and, uh, I, I think my, so the last time I've sat in a race car was Homestead of 2018. And that January I was working in a Congressman's district office answering phones. So I, I went straight from the seat to doing that. 
Um, but no, I, that's always, I've always really been fascinated by the legislative kind of process and how, how these things work. Uh, and I've actually got a pretty good role model to work with now because Austin Terrio uh, went, is, up, is up in Maine right now and he's a state house rep. So uh, he and I are still pretty good friends and, and I've watched him go from race car driver to politician and he's done it very well. Um, but yeah, no, the, the dream, the dream is to run for something. I don't know what yet, but it's to run for something. Um, so you were working in an office answering calls and everything for a political candidate. Did you ever live in DC? I did. Yes. Uh, so that summer, the summer of 2019, that the same, that same Congressman, he, he brought me up to, to DC to work for him as an intern. It was only like six weeks. So it wasn't super duper long, but, uh, I love, I love all things American history. So living kind of in the pinnacle of American history was really, really cool. Um, I, I worked, like, I, it felt like, you know, living in Hogwarts, going to the U.S. Capitol every day. It was just the, all the different tunnels and all the history, the old, you know, House and Senate chambers, all that stuff. I, that was such a cool experience. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I've gotten to like race at Daytona and these cool places, but working at the Capitol was a privilege in and of itself. And I, I was very, very happy I got to do that. So currently uh, you're in law school. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on now. <laughs> uh, I am, I am, uh, my head is barely above water. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's the best way to describe it. I, uh, I'm finishing up my um, second semester of my first year. So I've got two more years to go after, uh, after exams are, are finished. And my first exam of this semester is this coming Friday. So uh, it's, um, it's a lot. It's a lot of information. Um, all at once um, that you're in and among some of the smartest people that you're ever going to be around. I mean, these folks are all people that were at the top of their college class and you're taking all those people and putting them together in a law school class. Um, so it's, you just see a lot of, a lot of really cool personalities and um, it's, it's challenging. Um, it's, it's, again, it's a lot of information at one time, but it's really cool. It's, it's something that I, I've always been interested in and it's really unique to learn about. So I'm enjoying it, but uh, I'll, I'll have to circle back with you after exams are over to let you know how I really feel about it. But uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. So I'm going to kind of ask you a two-part question here. So you have your goals in mind for your current endeavor of law school. And uh, I think racing's kind of been set on the back burner right now. But would you ever want to go full circle and maybe use your future career in law to slow down in that okay i've i've settled here now let's look at some racing again would you ever want to connect them together you know i have thought about it i thought it would be cool uh just as a uh as a point of personal pride i, I would love to be the first u.s congressman to go back to the professional sport he competed in uh, i don't think that's a realistic goal but um you know there's a lot of congressmen and women that have you know competed in like baseball or football like a lot you know they've done that professionally and then moved into politics but none of them have ever gone back uh so racing's probably the only sport you could even conceivably do it um you know, you've got stuff like imsa where you've got drivers that are in their 60s that you know have been successful in business and, and just want to race so um i've thought about it right right now it's it's pretty pretty unachievable it's uh there's it's just a sponsorship driven thing and um i think you know maybe on a local level I, I i see what's happening with like the cars tour and stuff and how much that series has exploded since since dale got involved and i i think that would probably be the the extent of what i would want to do I, I don't see myself doing arca or truck again that's just such a time commitment and financial commitment i i just don't know how practical that would be but something local would be really cool uh, and a much more attainable uh, 
at, at a different stage in my life. Um, but uh, I, I did make a joke on Twitter during the Arc of Daytona race. I said that my new goal is to have a, have a law practice that's successful enough to go do that again. So I'm, I'm pe- putting a pin in that, and we'll see we'll see if I can't pull that off in a few years. But who knows? Uh, if not, I'll just watch as a fan. That's that's an awesome goal, though. Maybe we'll see a Cars Tour start with your law office as the sponsor. So that's a, that's a great goal to have. So I'll wrap it up with this. So now that you're involved um, with the law school thing and you have those goals in mind and you haven't uh, been driving much lately, are you still keeping up with racing? Is it still a passion or is that kind of totally on the back burner right now? It's a little bit of both. Um, I don't think I've been to to a, a, a national series race since richmond of 2020 whatever year that whatever year that myatt snyder drove for rcr it was whatever the year that was i uh i i was i was still pretty close with um superior essex and that was and they were his sponsor uh at richmond what i think it was the 2021 2021 um and they invited me up to go be a guest with them so i did a little bit with them um honestly it's it it, it even now, five years later, it is hard for me to go back to those races as not a driver anymore. Um, it really is hard. I mean, you just don't, it, it's the different feeling. Um, you, when you, as a fan, before you become a driver, you kind of see the sport in one way. It's, and, and then when you go in as a driver, you, you get to see how the sausage is made. And it changes your perspective for better and worse. You, you see how much it's a business and how much the sponsorship is such a big part. Um, and it's hard to go back. Um, it really is. Uh, I still, you know, I'll try to go to one or two like local races a year. I went to Tri-County over the summer, uh, over last summer and, and watched a race. Um, so stuff like that's fun. Um, but I, I just, it's hard for me to go back and not have a name on a car. It really is. Uh, and it's, I, I am again. I'm extremely appreciative of the the time I got in it, but it, it's you know I'm, I'm human. It's 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 tough. Absolutely, it's nice to have that kind of as an escape, but yet you still want to get out there and do it as well. I understand that. But lucky for you, you made it to the top three series, man, and you can hang your hat on that no matter what happens. But it sounds like you have some good goals coming up, and who knows, we might see you out there again soon, Justin. I certainly appreciate you coming on here and being guest number one. Um, I could imagine what you felt like coming into this that know if I knew what I was doing or anything, I may not, but we made it through it. And, uh, I appreciate you being the Guinea pig on this and we appreciate your time, sir. No, thank you very much for, for the invite. I, I hope, uh, I hope there's nothing but success for you on this. I think podcasting is such a good, it's, it's such a good avenue for, for people to commentate on our sport and we need more talented folks and I'm, I'm glad you're here. So I was happy to do it. All right. Thank you very much for the kind words. That was Justin Fontaine, everybody, here on episode number one of the Race Car Showroom. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Race Car Showroom podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and that you'll join us again soon.